Yes, yes, welcome to Conversation of the Heart, Season 3, Episode 10. Let's get you hired and get you paid, featuring Stone Songs. We're going to try this again. Appreciate it. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Yeah, looking forward to this amazing conversation that we're going to have right now. Um, so, let's see. See where she's gonna be at, and she's gonna be on in just a moment. Yeah, so today we're going to have this conversation surrounding on getting you hired and getting you paid. Um, so we're talking salary negotiations. We're, we're talking resume writing. We're talking. Um, we're talking how to utilize LinkedIn effectively. So we're going to be talking about a lot of. A lot of various just different things. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there it is, there it is, yo, it's, it's, it's crazy, I, I, I don't know what happened, but technology, but I'm glad I could see your face now, I'm glad this is more comfortable. I told you it was um, something special, try to tell you. You, you. you don't want me to get started today. No, we um, tell that, we tell that. It's supposed to be an incredible conversation, mm -hmm. and I don't, yes. I don't want to go left on you, so, okay. um, so for people who don't know, this is the amazing Stana. Um, she's a friend of the show. We do this once or twice a year, and it always ends up being uh, hours of conversation. Um, so we'll see what we can do tonight. But tonight is going to be a, a really incredible night because we're talking about getting you hired and getting you paid. Um, that's going to be the topic of, of, of conversation. So we're going to be reviewing a lot of just different conversations and different tools and and guides and advice to, to get you hired and to get you paid, to get you raises, to help you utilize different tools to get you to the next level. Um, so, Sona, she is, man. I mean, I'm losing track of all of the accolades. Um, you know, she's a, one of the top HR executives in New York City. Um, she is an entrepreneur. She, you know, she owns a nonprofit as, as well. Um, she's a DE&I expert. Uh, she's all around a speaker, philanthropist. Um, I think I'm missing a few things, um, but I'll I'll leave that for you to fill in. Uh, but, but but first and foremost, she's just an incredible person, a dear friend of mine, one of my closest friends, um, somebody that I, I lean on for a lot of different things. Uh, so I just want to say I appreciate you. And thank you for always making yourself available for the people, you know, so appreciate you. Um, so for the people, so so we didn't do this before, but for the people who don't know you, um, just tell me just a little bit about yourself and what do you do? Ha, ah, very funny. Um, yeah. One, thank you for having me. I appreciate the warm welcome that you always give and really super excited to hopefully provide some insight, some direction and um, help persons out here get hired, get promoted, continue to move their career further. Um, you know, I really think it's important that we invest in ourselves. So really hoping that we could share some information that's helpful. 
um, to mm-hmm. individuals out there who's looking for more about me. Um, yeah. Golly, I feel like you've, you've said quite a bit about me already. Yep. I'm not sure what, what there's left to say. So if we're, we're thinking specifics um, as it relates to profession, um, see, I've been in the HR hence world for dating myself here more than 15 years and um, still am. I am currently a senior director, HR business partner, and additionally, the diversity, equity, and inclusion lead for HR for my company, who I've been with for about two years. Um, That's two separate titles, right? I just want to be clear. (laughs) Yeah, so, because you kind of made it like as if it was just one. Be clear, it's two different titles for one company. All right, be clear. All right. All right. (laughs) It's it's great responsibility, um, but I'm really excited and energized by the work that I'm doing and helping others. Um, I'm also excited by the work that I'm doing as it relates to the nonprofit and really looking to get things going since COVID things kind of slowed down. So looking to get that going as Voices United um, Grassroots Foundation, really helping particular causes across the globe, really focused here locally, but looking to expand even more so. And um, my company, um, as Stone Consulting, that's really specific to HR and business consulting for individuals as well as small businesses, providing career coaching. I do executive coaching as part of my work, and I really watched that I was um, helping individuals move into the higher levels of uh, corporate, right? So, for example, I formerly worked at JP Morgan and was assisting a lot of our executive directors become manager directors, the highest level in the organization. And thought um, that same executive coaching, career coaching that I give to these individuals who I have to say I'm 100% successful so far, um, I would want to do that for, especially my people, so do that on a sliding scale. So providing a mm-hmm. lot of resources for individuals and small businesses. Um, that's what I do. That's what I do. In my spare time, um, basketball, I literally played this week. Really mm-hmm. had yep. been in a while. The game is on at nine, so I'm kind of, you know, I'm with you guys. But yes. <laughs> at Good some luck. Point, yeah. Um, Good luck. That and um, thanks, Randy. <laughs> um, play volleyball actively. I'm actually missing a game for my team tonight, but made the commitment to be here, so I'm here with you. And I had fractured my finger, so that really wasn't going to yeah. happen. I didn't plan this out properly. I, 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 I didn't, re- I, I didn't realize. But never mind. It's fine. Yeah, Randy um, too. Um, I, I, I saw it and I was just like, yikes, but I'm like, you know what, if we could get out of here by like nine thirty, that's still enough time, you know, basketball takes hours, right? So yeah. it's on, yeah. right? Well, it's on the yeah. channel. Yeah, I might have to. Until it's ready. Yeah, I might have yeah. to peek, yeah. Yeah, because, all right, cool. All right, so let's get to it. So, you know, we'll start from the beginning. We'll start from the beginning. So okay. I'll start with resumes there's a lot of questions about resumes and always you know what should it be what should one pagers two pages and it has to strictly be one page um i have my own thoughts of it being in hr myself and actually actually being on the ground as far as being a you know being in recruitment and and training um Mm -hmm. but what say you so like 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 what do you like to see and i know it also depends on the level too of course but what do you like like to seek from I'll say from an intermediate level, you know, to more so of a senior level. Yeah, I can do that um, really quickly. I I will say there's not a one rule. Let me just say that, right? So stop listening to people giving you this one rule idea. Um, 
I see it. I've recruited um, right now as an executive. I approve offers. I don't generally get involved in, in that portion except for senior levels, um, whether it's directors and VPs and above is, is really who I'm interviewing. I'm also looking to hire a person. If anyone knows of anybody, I'm looking for a senior HR business partner for my team. Um, but a few things. I think this idea about this one page is, is foolish. Um, I don't agree with it. I don't believe in it. It doesn't really ring true. I think it's a matter of your resume having substance. I think at a senior level, we're really looking at CVs. I think you want to ensure that we're seeing what we want first. So uh, often mm -hmm. enough, I see persons put in the education at the very top. Education is literally a check the box, right? I, I'm not super concerned with that. Um, a recruiter is just ensuring that that's, we meet the, the requirements, the criteria. Um, want to see your skills and abilities as, as they align well to the work Rass has done. Want to look at your professional summary. Hopefully you have one to provide that's really helpful in giving a brief synopsis of who you are um, from a professional standpoint and um, certainly your professional experience. Um, so really your skills and your experience are really super important and um, your languages, your affiliations, um, your education, those things are, are nice to have and they, they really would come for me um, at the bottom of the resume. But mm -hmm. I would say don't sell yourself short. If your resume um, is two pages, that's completely fine. If you can get the information you need out on a resume in one page, that's okay as well. But that's generally entry level mm -hmm. where you're having a one page resume. Um, by the time you've had really good experience, you would have more keep, you know, about three to five bullets of really high level things that you've done well and um, speak to experience within the, the 10 years and maybe make mention otherwise. So it, it's going to be very specific to your level um, on what you're looking for um, in an organization. But I'd say speak to the HR professionals if you have questions about resumes and not to friends and family who just have ideas like Terrence is seeing a yeah. ton of resumes every single day and he can tell you which ones are attractive and which ones aren't. Um, in the same way, I certainly can share that information. So invest in yourself. Mm -hmm. If you're looking to, you know, find a new job, gainful employment, invest in yourself. It doesn't take much. I'm sure six degrees of separation. You know, someone who knows someone, I'm always happy to help look at a person's resume, um, for them. So again, for me, it's not a one size fits all. It really just depends. And I'm glad you said that because pe people rack their brain, they, they cut their resume short right, to try to fit in this box of, oh, it needs to just be one. Now, again, now there are people on the flip side where I've gotten 10-page resumes, and I'm like, and I mean literally 10 pages, and I'm like, you know. It's... I don't believe you, Terrence. I, I do believe I, you. I kid. I do. I've seen. If I could show you, if I could tell <laughs> you seen. some of the things I've seen. <laughs> um, and that's what, because, and that's the reason why I want to have this conversation, because I see things. Yeah. And I have seen things down through the years, and I'm like, this isn't it. Yeah. You know, like yeah. we need, we need a lot of training. Like we need a lot more knowledge out there of, of what to look for um, and, and how to just create the proper resume too. Um, please have your experience, please. That's, that's geared to the role. Right. You know, if you were a shift supervisor at CBS when you were 16, I don't need to know that if you're coming to me to be whatever it is, accountant, a, a, a tech Whatever it is, I don't, it, that that was great. You were a supervisor, a cashier at CVS, but we don't. I don't need to know that right now, right? <laughs> that was twenty years ago. It is what it is, right? Like you know, so just just kind of just go with. Make sure that everything, whatever role that you're going for, that the experience is is aligned. Right. Yes. 
right, is relevant and is aligned and clear on the resume. Because not all recruiters are created equal. Now, and I'm going to tell you this. There are some recruiters that will take your resume and won't, they won't, be honest, they won't look. Right? They'll go, oh, it's not here? Okay, trash. You know, right? So we, you want to make sure that your okay. resume is also easy to read. That's something that's super important too. It's easy yeah. to read in a sense where everybody, I can pass it from me to a senior, senior leadership and everything is there. Everybody is busy. Stone is busy. She got meetings after meetings after meetings after meetings after meetings. A lot of times we ain't got time. I'm in a, a lot of meetings. We ain't got time. So just make sure that everything is out and open and where we yeah, can see it. I think people miss that, right? Like no your, your resume yeah. is a representation of yourself. It is. Right. Your professional self is what you're bringing. And yes. to be able to quickly identify the skills and abilities that you have that ring true to what would make you a successful candidate, super important. I mean, I remember days, years ago when I would recruit and for any particular requisition, which equates to a, a role um, for persons out there, you may have 100, 200, 3. I've seen over 1,000 resumes for one requisition that I was hiring for. And it's to think, how do I select out of that huge bunch, right? So I'm not going to take the time to really scan through in great detail the resume. So I need to see your skills and abilities that you have the experience yes. relevant and check off the other boxes. So taking the time to ensure that you have information that's relevant um, to that. And, and there are many things that you'll have otherwise that are not in your resume, but that's where you'd speak to it in the conversation when you're getting called for an interview. So really keeping those things top of mind, but I can't signal enough. Um, it's really helpful to have that professional summary that just gives a brief synopsis of who you are, um, highlighting your skills at the very top and really speaking to your experience. But in your experience, two to three bullets, right, of things that you did really well that, that you, and if you have performance measures, if you could quantify work that you've done Data. to make the to be, have success in the role or success with the company. Um, that's really super helpful in driving the point as far as what you were able to do. So really thinking in terms of that, hi, um, when you're thinking about your, your resume and preparing it for recruiter, but always I think it's super important in having a person take a look at it who is qualified to look at it, right? Not, not your cousin who's never done this before, um, but really mm -hmm. looking into someone. And you might hear me say this a few times. Um, I think in, in my work in corporate for all these many years, you know, the thing that I've noticed is, especially for people of color, we're not often investing in ourselves well enough to get career coaches, right? Um, you, you, you buy the sneakers for however much, you, you spend money on, on a lot of different things, but a career coach to really help position you, help you position yourself um, to attain the role that you want, to help you with the interview prep, to really get you to where you want to be Super important. I mean, there are a ton of career coaching um, opportunities out there as far as being able to reach persons. And I think it's a worthy investment in yourself. It's not something you have to do for months on end. You could do it for a point in time. Um, so do that. Even if you just reach out to, to a coach who just say, hey, would like to understand what are your services to review a resume, do it for 25 bucks or whatever have you. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really worth it, I think. Yeah, that's 100% true. And I used to be a career coach, too. And um, and you'd be surprised, you know, like what they come to you, like what people come to you with and then what you bring them through. And then after and you see them through it, it's night and day. It's, it's right. Yeah. I love yeah, that. It's definitely night and day. Um, and, and also, and it's crazy. I won't say it's crazy, but when you're applying for jobs mm -hmm. and this is a, and, and maybe this is just a pet peeve of mine. 
and it may not be for you. Oh, boy. But when you get a call from a recruiter, yeah, and they go, "Hi, you know, you know, hi, whatever." Hey, son, blah, blah, blah. Hey, um, hey, um, what job is this for again? Okay. You know, I, I, I apply to so many. So, and this is what I, and 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 the reason why it's a pet peeve for me is this: listen, if 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 you go out, whatever the case is, you have a good night with somebody, or you go to a party with friends, or whatever the case is, and you get like phone numbers, right? Yeah. So, right, and then somebody hits you up, and well, you hit them up and say, "Hey, how you doing? You know, good meeting you last night." And and they tell you, "Oh, yo, who is this? You know, I got so many numbers last night. I don't know who I." So, who, so uh, who here, this here's is. what I would say. I can't, right, I Karen, can't do it. It's a pet. It's, it's it's not just a pet peeve. It's just bad business, right? It's bad conduct. It, it is. I'm showing you guys my book. This is my little black red book, right? And this is like literally just for interviews, hiring, et cetera. And I'll, I'll give you a little quick snapshot of what I have in here. Um, uh -huh. So when I, when I was, when I made the decision to look for employment outside of JP Morgan, um, because I am in the, the point in my life where I'm maximizing on my earning potential. Um, yes, I you are. At this phase in my career, I am literally staying in a position for no more than two to three years before moving on to the next. And while I had opportunity, I was curious to see what was outside. Mm -hmm. Right. So I make a list, one of companies I'm in conversation with. I have a list of my references, um, their information. I have a list of what my current salary, all of that information is and what my ask is, what I'm looking for. In addition to that. Right. And any day or any time that I'm applying for a new role, um, I make note of it. The company I apply for the role that I apply for with that company and the date that I did it. So when I get that call and the person says, hey, I am X calling from here, I am very clear to go back to my book and know, well, what was the role I applied for? What were some of the notes for the role? And I'm ready to have that, that screening call. So it, it's, it's information here. This is when I was in my search, what, two years ago? And updates, yeah. I keep notes, like I'll say, this is the company. Here's some notes from that company. Here's who I spoke to from that company. So I could always go back and see what companies I spoke to, how I felt about them, companies that I didn't feel good about that I would not look to go interview for again. I keep it all in this book. And whenever I am ready to look again, I will do the same thing. But my company has been great. And so in two years, I'm promoted and we're doing fine. But I, I tell persons that I provide career coaching to or executive coaching to, to have a black book, whatever, mm -hmm. you want. but have a book where you keep mm -hmm. that information, you keep it stored. So that when you're getting the calls, you're not kind of sitting there with a recruiter who's like, wait, so you don't even know what company you apply for? Okay, I'm done here. Um, really a best practice to keep your information handy, but also to ensure that you have a listing of like, well, I, I, I wanted to ensure that I knew my benefits, how much I was paying for every single one so that I could measure against the new benefits that they would offer me to ensure that I was in the positive in my net pay, right? So uh, again, uh, a lot of different things to speak to and, and talk about as it relates to this, but um, really thinking about keeping tabs on your journey um, as part of my career coaching piece with, uh, with my clients. Uh, so let's move to uh, LinkedIn. So LinkedIn. Yeah, oh, no, I yeah. think, no. I sighed because it to me LinkedIn is one of the most underutilized tools that we have. Mm -hmm. Yes, people are on LinkedIn. Yes, they're on LinkedIn. Yes. But they don't use LinkedIn. Yeah. Um... Right? Like they don't use it. Like I use it like for networking. I use it for 
contacting hiring managers. I use it. Like that's but what it's for. It's, it's part of your job, right? Like, like what your role is. No. Well, when I say no, I mean I, I use it for my job. Yeah. Right. I use as, it for my job. Recruiter, yeah, but I use it. You have. Yeah. When you're in that world, it's something that it calls to you, right? Your it's mm-hmm. top of mind for you, and I think some of the reasons why pe- persons don't use it as much is it doesn't have or the thought is there's not this real social aspect to LinkedIn. But I just mm-hmm. want to say this: I am such a strong supporter of this this social space of LinkedIn. Um, I will share with you my last two jobs from LinkedIn without me trying, right? So let, let me just like, let me say this. Um, my previous employer, uh, I think I was on there randomly one late night, just, you know, fixing up my page. And um, I saw, you know, some roles. I just clicked a few. I really wasn't like, truly looking in that way that I would normally do. And the very next, I did it on Sunday night. That's another thing, right? I, I checked it on the Sunday night. By the Sunday night, first thing Monday morning, I guess that recruiter is looking at their emails and looking at what came in. I got a call. Yep. That call led to the position I had. Okay. I was working, having a good time um, where I was before. And I got in mail in LinkedIn. Headhunter found my information and thought I'd be great for this role. Recruiting firm called me. We had the conversation. In less than two months, I'm going into a role where I am making almost what? a hundred percent, maybe 75% more, right. Um, from the role I was in at the time, like that, that was the difference, not because I did anything, but because I had a LinkedIn profile that was attractive to recruiters that I, they were reaching out right now. I just had one in my inbox yesterday and I am not showing us open for opportunities or anything to that end, but there are sources, there's difference between sources and recruiters. Um, sources yes. are out there and they're looking for individuals who are not necessarily on the market for a new role, but mm-hmm. may be interested to hear what, what has to be said. And so linked, if you are looking or interested in new opportunity, ensure your LinkedIn is up to date. You have a profile picture, professional profile picture. You have information yes. there about yourself. And if, if you're not on there every single day, go every ever so often and interact on LinkedIn and see, it's sure that you're yes. active. I kid you not. There's not groups. a time that I log into LinkedIn that I don't have an email from a source or a recruiter about a role. So important. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I haven't been on IG. I'm not on IG. I'm on Twitter a lot more. Um, yes, but I, I do have it as something where I make it a point to certainly engage with LinkedIn frequently enough. Um, because like I said, the last two opportunities I got via LinkedIn, not trying, not trying. So if you're interested in the position, Ensuring that your LinkedIn profile is one that is on par with what it should be, i.e. have a photo, a professional photo, provide some information, yeah. some taglines, some highlights about who you are, and make some connection, join some groups. You don't have to be on there every day or even every week, but visit there often enough to ensure that you're active and you will have recruiters and sources reaching out to you if you do it well. Again, another thing you can speak to a career coach about. But LinkedIn is definitely yes. a place to be. If you're interested in what I spoke to as far as maximizing your earning potential. And if you're between the ages of 20 um, to 50, and I'm not limiting it, but especially in that space and time, this is where you want to. This is where you have great opportunity. You're super attractive to companies Mm -hmm. to earn the most money. And so I am about maximizing your earning potential. Mm -hmm. And, and when you, and it is so important, like you said, to have your, have your, your, your LinkedIn up to date, with a picture, you know, leave the picture off the resume and put it on LinkedIn. Um, but also, if you're in the market for it, 
a job. Like if you're actively looking and saying, I really want a job, you know, if you're not like Stana, who's, who's just on LinkedIn and she's happy right now. No, she's happy right now. She's, she's, you know, she's where she wants to be right now. Right. But if you're actively looking for a job, there's no other place that you can look for the job. See, see, see the job posting in LinkedIn and see who posted the job. Add them as a connection and email them and say, hi, my name is Terrence. You know, I see that you're, you know, that you're recruiting for this particular job. Bah, 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 bah. Here's my resume. God bless. Like, yeah. you can't even, like, that's how I've gotten, I got two of my jobs just like that. By m making a connection with the recruiter who posted the job. And then another manager who posted a different job. Both times were like, oh, thank you. Oh, like your resume. Les sent you up for a what? An interview. Yeah. But I, I think, like, too, Terrence, like, um, whether or not you're looking for a role, whether or not you're in the market, like, I'm not looking. Like I said, I right. like, my company treats me very well. Um, you hear me uh, yes, this whole do. time. I have unlimited vacation. I get, I, I, it's wonderful. God bless mm -hmm. you. Um, yep. But that does not preclude me from responding to in-mail from recruiters. Exactly. I would absolutely exactly. not listen to an offer. I would not. I have not stopped nope. listening. I, it just has mm -hmm. to be so, an offer I can't refuse. Um, but it, even if you're not on the market um, or really looking for a role, you don't know what's out there and what may find you. It may be something so well aligned to what you're looking to do or hoping to do, but you might be reluctant to truly, you know, really start that mm -hmm. search again just being on linkedin just being there um activating your page to ensure that it's something that's attractive for for recruiters and sources will get you so farther along that you may not be looking but you might land on something or something lands on you um that's really helpful to again maximize your potential earning wise as well as something that may be more well aligned to your interests your skills your capabilities so i'm um, always a great yeah. practice to do that and and it's astounding to me sometimes because when we look at back in the day, I mean, it could be maybe 10, 15 years ago, yeah. you couldn't just go knock on somebody's door, especially in, in a corporate environment, and say, hi, you know, I see that you're hiring for this. Unless it was a pharmacy or supermarket, you couldn't walk into a building like, they'd be like, no, nah, you got to, no, like, no, this, what you are you doing? Or just drop, drop your application off right here and, yeah. we'll, and we'll be in touch. But this is a place where you can actually make a connection with the hiring manager or the yeah. recruiter for that role. And and you can actually pursue the role that you want without hitting the apply button and just waiting. Exactly. Because exactly. I because I can tell you the recruiters recruiters get so many applications. They may never see your application. They may never see your application. They they yeah. might, but then they might not. So if you have the opportunity of seeing who posted that particular job on LinkedIn, send them a request, send them a connection, send them yeah. your resume. I'm gonna, I'm and you'd be surprised everyone here or whoever is listening um to check your linkedin update it you know you, it's, not, it's not a ton like i literally i don't even think i have my education uploaded i, I guess you could assume that to be in the roles that i am in probably i have some level of education um but i truly just um have my i think i have endorsements um i do have endorsements from other persons i've worked with and Absolutely. you know um, i have a professional photo I have a tagline that really speaks to, you know, the work that I do as an HR executive and DEI and a number of other things um, in there. Mm -hmm. And then the, the roles that I have, and, and you have to also be mindful because I work for companies where 
um, you couldn't really speak to the role itself. Like I could say, this is my title, but I couldn't really give more information than that. So I don't right. even have the details of what my work was, but I think on LinkedIn and seeing the companies I've worked for and my titles, of course, recruiters and whatnot can understand what that may entail. So you don't even have mm -hmm. to do an entirely whole lot in there. It's not that you have to go and zhuzh it up a ton, but just, right. you know, certainly ensure that there's some level of information that a person looking might have the curiosity to say, wait, this person might be a good fit for this role that I'm looking to hire for. And it is an employee market right now. Um, if you're not looking, this is the employee-driven market. We had a lot of conversation about the great resignation last year. Mm -hmm. It was the tail end mm -hmm. of last year into this year. I said to my, my, my colleagues that we're really looking at management deficit, people leader deficit. Leadership is where we're having a deficit where persons just didn't want to deal with that anymore. So if you're interested in that, literally this is the time um, people are driving the market up. So persons are coming in to pay at 50% up of the percentile. So this, if, if you're not even looking, um, certainly that's where you should go. Right. Um, to LinkedIn. I think the question is, I think, I, I think that question is, is for you. Is do you that? charge for your services or you're an independent contractor? I do charge for my services. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's not a nonprofit now. I do. I do charge for my services. I am certainly thoughtful. And I think I, I, I will share that I have um, certainly created what is a sliding scale, right? I am mindful of the population that I'm really seeking to provide help to are persons of color and, um, you know, uh, are more vulnerable populations for the most part. And so for that reason, I, I have a sliding scale opportunity for persons, whether it's you know, career advisement, career counseling, executive negotiation, resume reviews, um, or even small businesses. I do, I do, I do provide that. Thank you. Hey, hit, her, hit her in the DM, please. Um, it's it'll be worth it. J, J Wesley, what's up, boy? Um, hey. So, so, hey, Carla. so when it comes to um, the interview process, right? Yes. <laughs> this all. Yeah. I want to laugh because I interviewed someone today, and again, yeah. everybody's joining. I'm looking for a member of my team, and I was so challenged. I wanted to get off the interview within a few minutes of getting in the interview, and I, I will. Have a little time. Um, yeah, this is this is an HR person. This is a person who is an HR head. Of, of a company, a manager of HR, right? Who's looking, I'm looking for a senior HR business partner and I could explain that at some point. Um, and I was so challenged by it, right? That I reached out to my leader and we were both like, she said, she wrote to me, what is happening here? This is, this is how bad. So we're, let's talk about interviewing because I think um, so many times I see great resumes and some great information, but persons are just stuck in the interview phase and, and don't see themselves beyond that so yeah but mm -hmm. I, just had, I just had one of these today where i really had to pause and step away from my computer yeah and that happens a lot when you have somebody who is so for, for so for my niche it's tech right as of right now it's tech somebody who is technically sound and technically yeah. like has these skills to do the role right mm -hmm. And it's like, oh God! You you look at the resume. It's oh, you're like, oh God, this is it. <laughs> like you're like, yes. it's like a date. You're like, oh, like like you're reading the bio on on, on the date side. You're like, you're like, yes, I like it. I love it. Yeah. This is it. She said she's interested. Okay, great. And then this happens, <laughs> right? 
this happens. Yeah. And then it's like, wow. You know, it looked good on paper. Right? But the the interview didn't go well. The date didn't go well, right? Um and it happens all the time. So from your perspective, where do you think the interviews go wrong? Wow. At hello. No, I kid. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Not at hello. That's probably um, true, too. So even in the interview I, I, I had today, so I'll, I'll say this. I'll give you a few tricks, right, for interviewing. Yeah. Let, let me just do that to say, yeah. here I am. I'm an, I'm an HR executive. I'm interviewing an HR professional, um, seasoned, 15 years in the industry. And I was so challenged that the person was not responding to questions in what I, in, in the star method. And Terrence, you know, and I'll, I'll explain what that is um, to the person listening. Yes, the star method, yes. Um, a couple of things in, 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 in the interview. You don't have to be bubbly and cherry and, hey, look at me. Um, you don't have to do all of that, right? You come in, I always tell persons, you're best at being you. Be who you are, right? You're a more quiet person, that's fine but you certainly want to engage with the person that you're interviewing with. And Terrence might have some input from the standpoint of, you know, a recruiter who's having that and has to go sell that to the hiring leader. And here I am, I'm the hiring leader. And I'm like, what is this that you brought to me? Um, you want to come prepared, but you don't want to be robotic. In any, in, in any good interview, you're going to get a question surrounding your knowledge, your skills and abilities, and that's going to come in the form of star, right? When yep. you get a situation, the task, task. the actions, Action. wait, T-A-S, right? And the results. And the results. Um, so when you're And you speaking, follow up that result with, with data. You follow up that result with proven data. If there's data. data available, you want to say what the result is. Yeah. You, want, you want to show what you did, right? That's the action. Like, mm -hmm. here's a situation yep. that happened. Tell me a time. It's usually posed in that way. Tell me a time or can you share with me a challenging, you know, something like that is how a recruiter might ask you that question or a hiring leader. So you want to say, mm -hmm. here's the situation, here's what happened, here's the task, here's what I, you know, there's what was in front of me that I had to do, here's the actions that I had to take to solve for it, and here's what it resulted in. And even sometimes mm -hmm. when the result is not that everything got fixed and great, when you're able to really speak to, well, here's what worked and here's what didn't work, but here's how I addressed it. That's what we're looking to hear. Now, in what I was looking for in, in the interview, I'm also looking for a strategic person, a strategic partner, a person who could take something from end to end, who can identify opportunities. Um, but for any single person at any level, for any role, utilizing STAR, situation, task, action, task, results. Action, results. Speaking mm -hmm. in that space, even if the person is not asking specifically, but you're able to really demonstrate that you have the knowledge enough to know how to take something from situation to result. That's what you really want to do in an interview. You want to answer the questions that are asked. I asked the question about team and collaboration. This person spoke to me about a partner and a leader, right? So you want to answer sure. the questions that you're asked um, very directly, you provide information, really speak to how your knowledge, skills, abilities, and all that you come with really support the work that they're asking to be done. You want to do that. You want to engage with, with, with the persons that you're speaking with. Again, you don't have to show up beyond who you are, but you certainly want to show the interest. You don't want to come with cookie cutter information. I, I could very quickly, I'm an HR professional, I could very quickly tell when you're just giving me what I want to hear, what you think I want to hear. Um, don't speak badly of your previous employer. Do not ever. You might say you had challenges and you were concerned, you know, but don't speak badly of, of anyone. Um, 
And in, in the interview, and I, I, again, the same thing I would say with the resumes and having someone review it, I always raise my hand with my friends, my family, happy to do a mock interview with you. I think people are afraid to do that, but isn't it worse if you go to the interview and you're not prepared? So we could do a mock interview and I could ask you some questions. I usually, especially say to them, do you have a, a difficult situation to speak to? Do you have some things as far as growth opportunities and being able to speak to how you've, you've addressed them? So there's certain mm -hmm. standard things that you might want to think about before you walk into an interview and not just walk in like, okay, I have an interview. I'm just going to go. Um, but especially just that having, having a situation that you're ready to speak to, how you got it to results. So helpful in having a successful interview. Yeah. Um, I couldn't agree more. Um, it's, it's, especially with the star method, most people, they don't really follow that, that method unless they're told. Yeah. Um, yes. but that, but that is, but that is the, the standard method, you know, to interviewing. Right. And if you're interviewing with any one of, of, of the fan groups, uh, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, uh, Google, be prepared for follow-up questions, you, you know, after the star method, because they're big on those follow-up questions after the star, you know, method, after that result question, after the, their questions. So what would you have done differently? Yes. What did you learn from this experience? And, right. and those things, and those are the things that you really don't want to fluff. Those, yeah, those are you, things that you, you want to be, be prepared for. That, right. So when you're speaking yeah. to, here's what the result was like after successfully transitioning to X, Y, and Z, um, really, as I took, and, and I always do this with my teens, we have um, retroactive meetings. I, I don't say post-mortems because it just sounds too, you know, uh, um, but uh -huh. we have retro, retrospective meetings and to say, well, what could we have done differently for better success? And to say, here's what I learned. And so in the uh -huh. next opportunity, here's what I would do different. Not to say we didn't find success, but here's how we could have done this more efficiently or better or something to that end. You want to really demonstrate that you're able to assess, reassess, and come up with something new and different at the same time. So you could build that into your response, right? And that that was mm -hmm. that was have done that and had interviewers kind of stomp, like, uh, okay, yeah. everybody was gonna go there, but you already kind of gave me that information. So 100%. being able to proactively speak to it, I think is also very, very helpful. Very, very helpful. And the, the one thing is, we're gonna to get to the good part. Because uh, this is what people probably going to want to know about salary, so mm. and, and benefits. Salaries. The one thing I can tell you is know your numbers, know what you want, know what you want. Period. At a total compensation, know exactly what you want. Yeah. So, so when they ask you this question, so what's you know, so what are you looking for in total compensation? You, you, you know, like. <sighs> You know, you could just oh, that was good. I got five on it. You know, I don't know. Like, you know, what I mean, like, you, you could just and you start like, uh, I'll take like eighty five. I'll yeah. take like the job might pay above twenty, right? Right. You know, and so, so and some people say, oh, whatever the market value is, oh, I'm not sure, negotiable, um, whatever it is you want, it's fine. Like that's that's problematic, especially for our especially for our people. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Do do the market research on the roles that you're going into. Do the research on the companies and what they pay, on yeah. what that company normally pays, right? And have your numbers of total comp. And total comp just doesn't mean salary. Salary is salary. Salary is salary. So know what you want in salary, but then there's total comp, right? That includes bonuses. That can include sign-up bonuses. That that can include equity. Whatever that is, right? Know exactly what you want, so you go in with like, yes, this is what I'm. This is the range. This is what I'm looking for. 
So they yeah. don't just give you what they want to give you, and you have something to negotiate, right? What do you think about that? You know, I, oh, you know, I'm big, I'm big on on this, and I certainly oh, I know. pride myself in 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 being very uh, <laughs> black yeah. or very aggressive about this. Um, a smidge, a smidge. Um, I definitely <laughs> say to all my clients to have. I need you to have three numbers at the least, and here are the three numbers. The number you could live with, i.e., this is the minimum mm -hmm. that I'm willing to accept. Um, mm -hmm. The number that you think really makes sense, that's spread aligned with your knowledge, your skills, your abilities, and what you bring to the table, and what they're asking to be done. And then your love number, which is not 10 million or whatever have you. It's really a high number that you really feel I would love this. It may be a little higher than what I think this role pulls for, but do that. Again, market research. You could go onto the blsgov.com site. You could go to several different places to see numbers. Be mindful of where you get that information from and get information from one source. Like I see that sometimes and I'm like, okay, I, I don't know. This is not a reputable source. So you saying that to me doesn't mean a whole lot. So be mindful of where you get your information from. Um, but use that as a guiding principle. Also knowing that the job titles vary in different spaces. So this might be called this here and this over here, and it's not the same and the numbers won't look the same. So it's the responsibilities that you're looking for, but have, have those numbers and also be mindful of those numbers and not your net. That's a gross number, right? And as Terrence said, um, compensation often, and, and again, so when we speak about some of the bigger corporate companies, they're gonna ask you total comp, some small companies will ask you salary. Total compensation right. is just as, as he, he shared just now, right? So you're thinking about what are you offering? I, I speak total compensation, right? And that includes your bonus. And you speak it very well. On. <laughs> and it includes equity, includes a number of different things. Um, when you think about all the company has to offer and, and what that means for you. So be ready to have that conversation um, at some point before you go in again. When I was showing earlier my little book, I have that in here too, as far as what my numbers are. And I, if, I, if I say like my number that I had going into this role, this job rather, this company, um, I surpassed that number by a couple case, right, um, in here. And so coming with your number and you know what it was? I was just like, I'm bold and I'm going to go in with my, my love number, my love, love number, not even just my love number. And uh, they didn't flinch and it worked out. But, you know, it still has to be some level of reasonable when you're going with it. But mm -hmm. don't be afraid. You know, we talk about things all the time, like pay equity and what that means. And really the, the pay that, females get black females black males in in relation to to white males and what the ask is and oftentimes they're just asking for more or they're more bold about it we're not asking and you have great recruiters who work with great hr leaders and business leaders to ensure that they do the right things by, by you know providing persons what they need and you have persons who are just gonna give you the bare minimum because you didn't ask for enough so be bold know know, know your worth also know the role worth because some people are very misconstrued about their worth, right? And the worth of the role. I'm not paying mm -hmm. you if you're a cashier, a hundred thousand dollars. I'm not, right? So you mm -hmm. might think you're worth a thousand, a hundred thousand, you probably are, but not to do this work. We have something called value yeah. of seat, and it's the value of the work that's being done that we're paying for, and we might pay a little more based on what you bring to the table. So get clear about what that is. And we certainly can have some conversation about what value of seat is. And this is why, again, you'll hear me say this over and again, a career coach is super helpful. 
I am happy to provide those services to our people all of the time. Um, mm -hmm. I will work with the person, you know, as far as numbers are concerned and what they're able to pay, but really being able to think through what that is when you're looking for your next opportunity, right? Um, you don't want to sell yourself short because once you get yeah. in and you're locking numbers, it's the most challenging thing to move from that unless we get into promotion, which we'll speak to. But um, yeah. really coming in with strong negotiations for what you need. And if they're offering you the role and people, I, I've heard this and I've seen this, if you're being offered the position and you're quoted a number and it's not the number you want, don't be afraid to ask for what you really want in thinking and people say, well, they're probably not going to give me the job. No, there are, there are rules, there are laws, and there are things that preclude us from just saying, oh, forget you, right? We, we wouldn't just do it that way. Um, once the offer is extended to you, we have a duty to be very, very disciplined in, in taking that forward. And there's very particular measures as to why we would not take you forward. Um, so right. feel free to negotiate. If a person says they're trying to offer you 60K for a role and you really think it's 80, go for 90. Go for 90 and let's see where we meet, right? <laughs> to get to probably right. that 80 number. But don't be afraid. Reasonable, but please um, don't sell yourself short. Like I said, we're at a point in our, in our lives where we want to maximize on our earning potential. So get what you're worth. Ask for it. I'm happy. And, to, I'm so happy to help. Like, these are the kind of things I would welcome in my DMs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Not the other stuff. No. Um, so, <laughs> so, so the one thing I'll say is the reason why I think sometimes it's a mental and emotional thing. I think, mm -hmm. especially for our people, I think because some of us are coming from different situations, right? Some of us are coming from a place of lack. Some, yeah. of, some of us are coming from a place of desperation, right? So asking for more is like I'm leveraging asking for more with the job. And that's why what you just said is so important be because there are processes in, in, in place and rules in place that they can't just rescind an offer. For, Correct. You, can't just, you cannot just do that. No. So, so but I think and a lot of people don't know that. So yeah. they're like, oh, man, I really need this job. I'm desperate for this job, and I don't want to do anything for it to be taken away. So I'm just right. going to accept can we, without can we them understanding. Can we say that again? I feel like people really need to hear that. Once an offer is extended, there are they very particular ways that we mm -hmm. have to go through to rescind it. And it's not you asking for Sadly. money. It's never going to be that. There has to be something egregious something that we could truly prove be detrimental to the company to receive an offer. Once we start that process, you're, you're in, you've been selected, you've been chosen. And especially if you're a person in a protected class, there is extra care to ensure that we're not doing Believe anything that. to disenfranchise you. So if you're a person of color and you have an offer made and it's, ask. my goodness, ask. They, 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 they can't just say, oh, you know, we're not going to make the offer anymore because you asked them. We can't do that. Legally, you'd have a, a lawsuit on, on, for them, and, and you know, that, that's not what we want. So there's a lot of risk mitigation nope. there. If you have an offer, you literally have the power in your hands to ask for more. Even if you think it's a fair offer, and this is a little trick here, if you feel mm -hmm. an offer is a fair offer that they're offering you, ask for 5K more. doesn't hurt. Mm -hmm. Nine times out of 10, I make a fair offer. 80k a person has to 5k more it's like okay generally speaking right especially if it's within that 5k number you're more likely to get it than not and listen what does it hurt 
They can say no when mm -hmm. you really offer you 80 and you get your 80, or they can say, okay, fine, and give you 85. But it's a gift that keeps giving. And even for me, when I negotiated, and I negotiated up, and the question was between a sign-on bonus of an X amount or an increase of an X amount that I asked for. I went with the increase because it's that gift that keeps giving that helps propel my salary even more. I tell people all the time, the bonus is one, they're taxed higher. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to have. But if it's a choice between the two, I always say go with the, the additional salary. Always. Right. Right. Um, and, and that's... And that's something that is so important for us to really understand. It's it's to go after exactly what it is that you want and, and even go for higher. And even if a company says, I can't do this, I've seen companies say, yeah, I'll give you two more weeks vacation. Yeah, that happens. Now, right? now, now for some for some people, that's better than money because it's like, oh, thank God. It's like, you know, I can just... You know, get two more. I mean, who wouldn't want two more more weeks if you don't have unlimited PTO like Starner? Then two more extra weeks of vacation goes a very long way, right? Or whatever the other case is. So don't be afraid to at least ask the questions, yeah. right? And that's what I want people to get out to get out of this because it's like, well, how can I? Well, how can I negotiate? And it's and it's like, negotiate. how can you not? You, you can't afford not to negotiate for yourself because the company's not going to advocate for you. You have to advocate for yourself. And that's the right, thing, right? If they're saying that, you know what? can't really give you that extra 5k you're asking for it really is eight you are absolutely available to sit here and say well what can you do what can you offer because i really would love this opportunity i just feel like i just need something additional so this is literally the prime time that time when you're coming into a company is the time to negotiate all that you're looking for because what i've seen is what i see so much of is persons coming in taking what is given to them, not really asking for what they really want, and then being disgruntled, being upset. And then I'll hear all the things, oh, this company, and I know because I'm sitting on the back end, so I understand that. And persons are upset because they're not getting this, or I thought I could get more money, they're not giving me more. This is where you do it. This is literally your opportunity to make sure you come in and you come in well, and you get what you right. really want. And so you feel good about every time you sit here and do your work because you feel like you're getting paid for the work that you're doing very well, and you're valued. So ask those questions. Right. If they can't give you the sign-on bonus, if they can't give you the additional increase, what can they give you? Is there opportunity for additional vacation time? Is there opportunity for equity? Really try to negotiate what else you can get out of this partnership that you can uh -huh. have with them because they're paying you money, yes, for the work that you're doing, but you're also giving them your time, your attention, and your expertise. And so you are right. the prize. You are the um, prize. Not the that company. was exactly you what... Are the prize. That's exactly what I was going to say, because we have to come from a mentality of, okay, I need them. No, they're looking for you. I think we've come a lot. Oh, my God. Like, you know, we're like, I need like, I need them. No, they need you. No, I know they, they need, need you. Right. I bring something to the table that is unique to me. Yeah. You are the right. prize. And, and I say that in relationship. I say that. Listen, work is an extension of a different kind of relationship. It requires trust and all of these different things. You are the prize. When I go into conversations with companies, interviewing, I'm interviewing them. Like, why should I want to work for you? Why? Right. Um, so, so get bold. And, that, and that's a real thing. For what you deserve. Absolutely. Because what people don't understand, it's a relationship. And, and, and look, and everybody has ego in real relationships, right? Like, nobody's going to say... You know, like, oh, I need you, right? Like, oh, I need this person more than I need. No, they're going to be like, who, who are you? I'm me. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we have that arrogance in relationships, right? And in life, right, with your friends or whatever. Like, nah, I'm me. You know, it's the same thing in in work, in, in corporate America. No, I'm me. You need me too. You right? need me just like I need you. Exactly. Right? That's a fact. You know, um, but for some reason, because they, they're giving us this, we're like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this. <laughs> right? And, and it's just like, wait a minute, like, you bring a lot of value too. Yeah. your expertise, your yeah. skills, everything that you bring to the table, like, they're looking for. So it's an exchange. That's what it, it's all it is. It's not like they're just handing it to you like they're Robin Hood. They're just handing you money. It's just throwing it out the window and you're taking it. It's, it's an even exchange, right? So just know your worth and don't be afraid to ask, you know, because also, and I've seen it happen. There were some people who didn't, who there were certain candidates that have come across down through the years mm-hmm. who didn't ask for what they wanted. And then the manager is, is looking like this role pays X, Y, Z. They they just told me they wanted this. What's wrong with this? Yeah. Why? Right now, I mean, now it's like they they interviewed well. Well, I mean, I, these are just some of my experiences. I've, I've had conversations with different managers and executives, and and they're just like, well, why would they sell themselves so short? Like, is this the kind of per, is this the kind of candidate that we really are looking for here? Because one, if they would did the research, they would have known that the that the job is at least here. So at least yeah. they would have gotten close to it. I can understand. But if they just sell themselves all the way short, that leads me to believe that they don't even do research. Yeah, I mean, and, and this is why I think cities like New York are fantastic. And that's another thing, right? When people are looking for we opportunities, are. especially... We are fantastic. We are, right? Um, especially with a lot of these remote opportunities. Be very mindful about that. And, and, and I have so many friends, people are moving to different places, and I say to them, you know, when you're moving and people are like, I'm moving because of X, there's some things that we just don't think well enough about, right? The laws and, and all of the things that govern a particular state or municipality in that when you think about New York and our New York State paid family leave and what that looks like, and mm-hmm. that's, a New York, that's a New York State thing. That is not, mm-hmm. it's not a Florida thing. Florida doesn't have right. paid family leave. Um, mm-hmm. When you think about taking meal breaks, New York mandates that after six hours of work, a non-exempt employee is to get at least 30 minutes for meals. Arizona doesn't have that. Um, so there are certain things that you think about when you're making some of these decisions about where you live and, and where you're choosing to work at the very same time in that the rules are not the same across the board. In New York, right, New York City is working on a paid transparency law where any companies who are in New York City have to advertise the pay range for any particular role that they are having. So that's, that's yes. something that the city council has passed. There's a lot going on with that. Uh, so you mm-hmm. have to do more transparency in understanding what the role is. And some of the reasons for the Wage Rate Act that we have here in New York, for example, is to ensure that persons are aware of when they'll get paid and what they're getting paid. Because that was also an anomaly that wasn't happening. But you also have companies where they have done a disservice to persons in doing great work and paying them very little monies for it and mm-hmm. not aligned to market. And so persons sometimes come in from smaller companies and they're selling themselves short. And that's why it's important to do your research, important to try to understand, well, where can I get this information um, to get with the person who could help you to that. Again, this is you. This is your bottom line. This is your money. I can't, I just, I just sit with it so much now because in the corporate world, I've worked with so many persons and generally not of color who were just like, yep, 
I need a career coach. Do you do that? Right. And they want to know that because they want to ensure that they have a robust career, that they're building their career, that they are maximizing their earnings, all the different things. And here we are just kind of, you know, shooting by the hip, just trying to figure it out as we go, et cetera. And not really. Invest. I don't want to ask when I'm asking, when I'm speaking self-care, when I'm saying these things, I'm saying invest in yourself. And what does that mean? Like I am right now looking for a certification in Lean Six Sigma. I do it every day, process improvement, all these different things. But I want a certification. I want to show that I, I have the knowledge, not just because I do it every day. And so it's part of the conversation with my with my career coach. Say that's something that could really add value, you know, to what you offer because you do it already. We don't do that well enough, right? And so this is why I said I, I do the, the sliding scale to ensure that you know persons have an opportunity to really sit here and get some rounded help and get some information that could help inform and really help their bottom line forward. And you have a career coach, salary. right? Yes, I do. I do. And this is what I and, and, I and this is what I, I want to bring out. And that's what right. I want to and this is what I want to bring out. The career coach has a career coach. Absolutely. At the end of the day, if 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 the career coach has, has a career coach, <laughs> you should you should definitely have. I know a what career I should coach. be doing, but this is my work. Me too. So I am very clear in my intentions about where I would like to go. So, for example, I just mentioned I am looking for an online certification in Black Belt for Lean Six Sigma. That's one thing. Um, my company recognizes me as a top talent, and I'm also part of a fellowship, right? It's for diverse populations to help us map our way to a C-suite. C-suite is any C-level CEO, COO, CFO, all the Cs. Um, and so intentionally positioning myself for that. I know exactly what I want to achieve. There's no stopping, right? There's no stopping, there's no stop point. Um, but being very intentional in, in doing particular things to help get there faster, sooner, better, that's the work. That's the work. And so even though I do that for myself and I know how to do it, having another person add value and give me some perspective and some direction specific to me, absolutely, because I do it for others. And it's very different mm -hmm. when you're able to see for yourself versus what a person could help you see, your blind spots, right? We all have those. Mm -hmm. So again, mm -hmm. if you've never thought about that, I say it, I provide services to persons across the board, right? I have a DJ friend mm -hmm. of mine who I help with that and thinking beyond the box. And I'm saying, why are you just stuck in the U.S.? Why are we not thinking international? And how, how mm. do we strategize that? And we've talked about the strategy in being international. I'm like, well, you have yourself set up as an LLC. So take the trip to country X and um, go visit it and get connections. And that's a tax write-off instead of just saying, it's a personal vacation you pay for. No, you go to country X, you meet persons in the, the entertainment scene, you have a good time, you made the connections, you set it up so you could come back and do parties here, and it's a tax deductible. There's so many different ways to do this and to, again, keep money in your pocket, um, really say and help yourself forward. So for me, the career coaching thing is, in, is, is across the board, right? I do it for persons in the corporate space, outside of corporate space, but so important to help to get the help to help navigate where you're trying to go. If you're not even thinking about how to navigate, because most people stop with, I just need a job. I just need a job. And say, okay, you start with, I just need a job. But then, but then, where am I taking that? Right? Exactly. And, and that's where, you know, you provide career coaching services. I provide career coaching services. And it's just, it's just so necessary for our community to do these things. Right, we we can go to the club. We can pop bottles. We can buy red bottoms. We we can do everything in the world. Go on vacations on somebody's boat, somebody's yacht. We, we could do everything in the world yeah. except 
except doing the things that's well, actually going to help us get more no, money no one, no so we can do those it. things. But that's the funny part, right? It, <laughs> it's, it's definitely uh, socialized, the, the red bottoms and trips. And don't get me wrong, I do all that. But We know. We know that, though. Really, Terrence. Yeah, um, but the, the yeah. parts about things, like when I say the particular people getting a career coach, it's like, wait, what? What is that? Or where? Or how? What do they do? Um, it, it's not the things that we hear much about. And frankly... It's, it, I don't know that I would have heard it so much if I wasn't already in the corporate arena and hearing from different mm -hmm. persons there. And most of the persons I would hear it from were persons who were not of color, to be quite frank. And then, again, I was at providing, I've been providing executive coaching um, to senior leaders and helping them get to the senior most levels of, of leadership. And that's when they were asking me, do you do this on your own? And I was like, wait, I should. And so I started, you know, started to work through that. So I think some of it is, we don't know. And that's my favorite to get us to know. Because I think about all of our, you know, uh, persons of color and just not having the information enough to say, what should I be doing? What should I be thinking about? What's not marketed to, to ourselves? And, you know, I, Brianna, thank you. I met Brianna through you and I, I have to get back in touch with her because we've been working on creating a network for professional women of color to help share some of these tidbits and not just oh, share it, but to activate uh -huh. it right to really activate it like when i'm sitting here saying here's what you should do, be the think person about, to do it. Yeah. brianna's amazing um uh -huh. it, it's really thinking through how do we how do we get some of these things that they don't they don't tell us so much right um and how do we how do we learn that because what what they push out there is the red bottoms and it's the fooleries that i see all of the time and it's like how is that helping us improve and helping us grow and be better right so uh -huh. Hopefully, some of these pieces where we take our time and share this with our people, they're sharing it to their to their communities and want to continue to do this. Mm -hmm. So I can't speak enough about the great work you're doing and helping information to empower our our people. Yeah, I, def I definitely appreciate that. And it's just when people get the coach, that can actually help them to get the money to oh, yeah, buy more red to get to buy more red bottles to buy more bottles set you up you get more money and you could get more of the things that we're talking about but no one right. says that so yeah you are getting red bottoms on credit that you don't really have the money to pay and we, we're jokingly saying red bottoms it could be many other things but uh -huh. here you are right overspending and, and not really investing and creating more opportunities for funding for yourself working smart not hard at that free joe would like that he would love what you just said at Death Free Joe. Joel. He, he would love what you just said about that. Um, but, you know, so we're going oh, we're gonna to get to um, raises and promotions in one second. Okay. But I want to talk about building brand you because I, I feel like that yeah. is because that is a part of getting there, right? Yeah. Getting to the raises and getting to the promotions and things like that. Um, so when it comes to building your brand, so when people think about branding, it's like, your own business, you know, or building, you know, mm -hmm. that product, you know, yeah. not understanding that you are a product yourself. Like you are that, right? Listen, <laughs> right. what did Jay-Z say? I'm not a businessman. Business, man. Business, man. Like, man. Let me, man, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. thinking that way, right? Like, I have a brand. I Yes, I, you do. <laughs> it should you be the global. Brand. You have a brand. Um, when I think of, so it's interesting, the first, I want to say one of the early passes of me thinking about just that brand you, that came from me, I was at 
HSBC and I was working with HSBC and um, we were working with virtual enterprise and we were teaching that to our mentees um, about branding, how to create brand you, right? So there, there are several different brands to me, right? There's, there's a lot of my personal brand and there's the professional brand and the business brand, but then there's a holistic one piece. The brand is who you are. It's who you are and how you sell. You want to ensure that you're authentic, right? Nothing about mm -hmm. me is made up. Nothing about me is something that is not real. How I show up, what I do, all of the different things. However, it's different the things that I do personally than professionally. Now you might see me on a beach somewhere and I'm scantily clad or something, but I'm not going to be in the office that way. <laughs> I'm going to be very professional. So it's mm -hmm. where you project, what brand you project, what you bring, right? So I am solution-minded. I am proactive in my actions. I am very strategic. I'm very analytic. Those are pieces yeah, sure. of my professional brand. So when you're pulling me in or getting me as a professional, I am disciplined. Um, I am strategic. I'm analytic. There are many other things that fall into this category. And that's what I am presenting. When I come to you, I am confident. I am expert in what I'm doing. I am prepared. I have the knowledge base because I have sorted out, which is why I'm speaking to certifications and all these different things. I got my certification in strategic HR leadership last year. I'm doing all these different pieces to ensure that when I'm sitting with you in that capacity, my brand is speaking to a person who is confident, who has the knowledge, who's able to advise and deliver information to help you with your strategy and to drive success in your organization. That is the brand. You ask any of my clients, this is it. This is it. So considering who you are, deciding what do you want your brand to be and how do you build that brand and what adds value to that brand? This is where I'm speaking to deciding additional learnings, right? It never stops, right? The traditional learnings of school and degrees, keep flirting with my PhD that I'm working through and, you know, all these things, that's wonderful, but you don't need that for your brand. You really need to show up authentically. You really need to show up uh -huh. positively and you need to decide what are those things. I, I lean people, some of my mentees, that I have to strength finders. I think it's, it's really wonderful to understand where, where your strengths are. And I say all the time, you work on your strengths. Studies say that if you work on the things you're really good at, you can improve them by about 300%. You work mm. on the things that you're not good at, you might improve, you might improve it by 80%. So why would mm. I not work at being really good at the things that I'm already good at? I'm not worried about the things I'm not great at. I'll do right. enough to be successful but I'm not trying to be the best at it. I'm trying to be the best at what I'm really great at. And so deciding mm. what your brand is, it's a real part of you, right? If you are a technologist, mm -hmm. and I know you support your recruit tech, I supported technology for years um, in my previous role, software engineers, mm -hmm. I, did, I did network engine, all of the things, right? I supported our wealth management side of the house technology. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you are a technologist, what is, what is your brand? What are you bringing to mm -hmm. the table? What are you offering up? It's your skills, your abilities, your knowledge, your capabilities, those soft skills. Um, those are what you really want to center on. And that also is what shows up in an interview. This is what you want to be ready for. When you're thinking about your brand and who you're deciding to be in that way, think about that from a standpoint of how do I show up? And how do I want to show up? And what is the disconnect? Brand you. Mm. Brand you. I love that. Um, P.S. Because everything. Yeah, who's winning? You know, you could just tell me who's winning. I just. It's you know, 14 just, 7 Boston. 
Okay, it's all right. It's early. Okay. Yeah, it's early. So, so now when it comes to branding yourself and branding yourself in the corporate office, you know, mm -hmm. I think sometimes people don't understand how important that is too. Right? Who are you in the corporate office? You know, some people just like oh, I just do my job and go home. I just whatever the case is. But like, is that is that who you want to be known as? Right? No. Especially if you if, if you're looking for promotion, promotion and raises. And so that brings you to like, how are you positioning yourself for promotion? Right. Yeah. I think so many times persons, I, I not don't think in my expert opinion and having sit through these conversations over and again, and recognizing that more than I, I think it should happen. People are still waiting for their leaders to just promote them just be able to see mm. me, just know me. And so I challenge that, right? Because here's, here's what I'd say as an example. For most companies, you have a performance evaluation at the end of the year, whatever year your cycle is. And people are have such a hard time writing these evaluations and saying what I did and what I didn't do. And it's like they're trying to remember and they're having a hard time. If you're having a hard time recalling how you performed and what you did well through the year, and you have a leader who has multiple people reporting in. They're supposed to remember what they did and all the things you did at the same time. And so mm -hmm. you're sitting there just waiting for them to recognize you. It's your career. It's your life. You have to take responsibility for it. And responsibility Ownership. looks like saying, I want to be promoted. I want this role. And I need to make it clear. So I came to this organization made it very clear to my leader my expectations. I'm here mm. to learn, to grow, to master. And I say, outside songs, I under-promise and over-deliver. And I have full expectations that in very short order that I'll be moving on to something that is utilizing more of the skills that I'm learning and improving. And so it was very clear that I was interested in promotion. We had very intentional conversations where she asked, like, you know, would you be interested in taking leadership for one of the COEs and you notice in HR is like employee relations or, you know, HR reps or, mm -hmm. or what or recruiting or what have talent, talent acquisition. I said, I could do that and I would be open to that, but I really want to continue to hone in and take greater leadership in the HRBP space. So having that intentional conversation with your leaders about what you really want is important. Don't just expect someone to sit there and come and tap you and say, Hey, I have something for you. Now, yes, when I, I made my intentions clear and eventually someone did come and tap me and said, you know, we think we have like the right thing that's aligned to all the things that you've told us. You said you have a passion for DNI, you said you have a passion for this and we have something that brings that together. We created this mm -hmm. thing for you. So I yep. think that's important that persons, you have to not just work hard and do the right thing, demonstrate skills and abilities that align with the next level up. Like if you're saying you want to be promoted to level two of, of, of whatever work you're doing, Get to understand what level two requires and start doing it now so that when you have the conversation, you can definitely sit here and say, this requires X and I am doing that and I am actually doing it and doing it well. And I really want to be considered for an opportunity to really sit in this particular seat. Don't just sit there and wait for somebody to sit here and say to you, hey, I think you should be promoted. And people sit there and they do that and people get promoted and they get, I, they didn't even pick me, they overlooked it happens. It happens all the time. And there's opportunity for leaders, yes, to raise hands for persons, but you've got mm -hmm. to take ownership for not speaking up about your brand, about you, about what you want, mm -hmm. and align yourself and say, 
see a leader. I want this. Tell me what I need to do to get there. Help me map right. there, right? So I, I whole career mapping piece again, career coach. Um, how do I get to this next level? Because I really want this next level. I'm not sure how to get there. You have to have those conversations. You have to speak up for yourself. Like you said before, you have to be your advocate. You cannot mm-hmm. just sit here and expect someone to do it for you. It happens sometimes, but it's not the mm-hmm. norm and it's not a real true expectation. So being your advocate. And be and being visible, right? Be Raise your hand for the extra role. But when you do that, you've got to say, too, I want promotion. Don't expect the leaders to just know you want to be promoted. Right. Mm-hmm. right? you got to speak up. I think that, that that's such a big missing part. I've heard persons say that to me, friends of mine, like, they promoted this person, they didn't promote that person. You know, I don't think they care about bad people. I'm like, well, did that person say they wanted to be promoted? Did they raise their hand? Did anybody else say, I think? Like, there's a missing piece here. There's a missing piece here that we don't always acknowledge. So, Very, very true. Um, because in the, in the meetings, whether in person or virtual, there's always somebody like, hey, I'll volunteer for this, or hey, I'll volunteer for that, or hey, I'll take this on, or hey, I'll take that on. And then, and then that's what? Visibility. It's like, okay, cool. So that, that person is not just doing their job, but now they're taking on just, just different things, and, and that yeah. makes you visible. Right, to, to, to leadership. Yeah, and right? you don't get promoted for doing your job. You get compensated for doing your job. You get promoted for doing the other job. Talk, say that again. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you correctly. I'm sorry. Let me repeat that one more time, no, please. Because I, I think person sitting roles and sitting in the job, and I've been here for this many years doing this job, and I haven't gotten promoted. You're not getting promoted for doing the job you do today. You're getting promoted when you demonstrate you could do the job that's above the role that you're doing today or two roles above. I literally had a conversation today about a person who is right now at this level. I, I can't remember his actual title, um, but interviewed for a role that's two roles above, two levels above, and we do some pushback, but this person is doing this. They're operating at that level. So you don't sit there and just do the job that you're paid for to do today and accept, expect that you're going to be promoted you get promoted based on being able to demonstrate. I, I could go to my leader and say, person X is doing this role today and they have been performing at this level of this next role for the past six months. They're already doing this and doing it successfully. And that is my business justification for why they should be promoted. So you can't just sit here doing your job today and just doing it forever and doing it well and think that's it. No, you have to be doing it at the next level. You know what I do? When I get into a role, I look at the role that's a level or two above me. Usually I go a few levels up and I look at the requirements for that role and that is what I'm working on. That's uh, what I'm working on. And that's what I'm uh, trying to infuse in what I'm doing. So when I, well, yes, I'm already operating at the level. There's several different ways to do that, but I absolutely take a look at the, the roles that are level or usually two or three levels above uh-huh. and what the requirements are. Like you see the job descriptions out everywhere. And I'm starting to operate in that way so that I could speak absolutely to the fact that I'm already doing this level of work. So doing that, speaking to your leaders, making it very clear what your expectations are and what you'd like to see. It may not happen today, but you say it. You revisit it. And don't just say, well, I told them. You said it now. There's a million things happening. You never say it again. It's like, well, I told them and they didn't listen. My goodness, how many times do people tell you a thing and it's like you forgot about it or you moved on because so many other things came about? So don't be afraid to speak up and speak up more than one time. 
right? You can't say I spoke now and I didn't hear anything and it's two years later and you still just didn't say anything and you're upset. You have to be an advocate for yourself. Again, mm. brand you, advocate for yourself. You are the prize and your career is yours. You have to own that. And that's so true. And then, so then you, you do the brand you, you position yourself for promotion and, you know, it's time for that annual raise or whatever the case is, it's time for the promotion. Um, now it's time to navigate those conversations. I mean, we we talked about the salary negotiations up front, but now we're in the company now. And, you know, the standard yeah. rate, the standard rates, you know, percentages of, of, of you know, what people get, you know, um, for raises and things like that. And for most people who've been in the company, though, you know, the, the one thing coming from a different company, not, uh, normally there's going to be a significant increase. If you play your cards right, if you come from one company to another, th there's already going to be a significant increase coming in. But once you're in a company, mm -hmm. yeah, so sometimes it's a little different. Um, it, it, that's, it is. It, it is. It, it is a difference, right? And this is where you, you also get those disgruntled employees because they, they know full well, if I go here, they're going to give me a lot more than what you're giving me in a raise yeah. or in, and, and, and but, the, but and this that, is true, people. Uh -huh, so, yeah, but I think it's something that sometimes for me, it's like misconstrued, right? And here's, here's what I mean. I would not leave any company and go to the next company, me personally, for the same money. Yeah. I wouldn't. Um, for the same money, yeah, any company who's getting oh. a new employee is going to look to be attractive and offer them something a, a bit above where they're coming from. Right. It's not to say that you couldn't get this here because if you're a great employee, and I've done this, I've approved kind of offers, right? Where if you're a great employee, you're a top talent, and you have an offer someplace, I will ask for the letter to ensure that you do. And I might meet that number if it's not something outside of the expectation. But you're generally going to go someplace and get some more. So the idea, well, you know, well, other, over there they pay more. It's not that they pay more. They probably have people who pay, got paid the same thing you got paid in the same place you left. Um, but you're coming to a new space, so you are. The, the, but, the, but, the bottom, but the bottom line is that when you go for that promotion, or not, uh, I'll say like the raise, the raise conversation for a lot of people, they don't, so, if they know if they leave, they're going to get more money. Because there's not a real raise conversation. Let me, let me yesterday's price is not today's price. It's not today's price. <laughs> yes, Teddy. Yes, Teddy. Uh -huh. You're right. The, 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 raise, the merit increase or the annual increase is not something you're entitled to. Let me, let me say something mm -hmm. else. Um, Break it down. Vacation? It's not, there's no federal or state mandate that says a company has to give you a vacation. There isn't. There are things a company do. It's, it's what we do. It's how we work. But there's nothing that says you have to. A merit increase is nothing that says I have to give merit increases. And in fact, during the pandemic, most companies didn't. Some companies did. Yep. I'm very thankful for that. Um, so there's not something that says that. A lot of companies, they will push forward a merit increase or annual increase in effort to attest to one, engagement, retention, thinking about market. You know, we talk about things like yep. the inflation. Inflation is so far off right now that these increases don't even meet inflation. Inflation was like 7 point something percent. Most increases at two mm -hmm. to three percent year over year. Mm -hmm. so essentially, you're paying, you're you're earning less because you're spending more. All of those those things. So that conversation is not something that is negotiated. 
How do you get ahead of ensuring that you are met with a favorable outcome for merit increase? Right. One, you got to have that conversation by the time you're doing your performance evaluation. When you're writing that document, this is where you're having conversations with your leaders. You've set the expectation of what you hope to see. Two, most corporations are paid for performance, i.e., the higher you perform, the better you perform, the greater increase that you get, right? So, for example, mm-hmm. generally a top talent, a person who is exceeding expectations or significantly exceeding expectations is going to probably see 4%, 4.25, something like that. That's usually the threshold, no one in five for the most part. So you want to ensure throughout the year that you are performing at that level. When you get towards the end of the year, before you write that thing, before the leaders go in and put in those numbers, you want to share an expectation of, based on the year I've had, I really think I've had a strong year. I think I've exceeded the expectations. I'm really hoping that I would see a raise that looks like X. We're too afraid to say these things from time to time, right? Too often that we're afraid to really call these things out. So you know what we do? We don't see anything. And then the leader goes in and they just spreads the butter. Generally speaking, that's uh-huh. pushed back. Like, no, you have to pay your stronger performance stronger. And then they come to you and they say, okay, your raise is X. And then you're like, no, I don't it's want this. Word. I don't want, it's, it's, it's too late, <laughs> right? Was that the Drake yep. thing, right? If you're reading this, it's too late. It's too late. Mm-hmm. Because this is already processed, it's already in the system. This is a whole company process that happens. So you got to get ahead of it. And that means stay in the conversation throughout the year. I'm not saying every day, but at least once a quarter. Ensure that you are performing at the level that you believe you, sh- you should be performing to achieve that higher number. And before we go into the planning process, once you get that piece that says, how are you doing that you have to write that or speak to that, Mm-hmm. Put those nuggets in the air if you're a leader of what your expectations are. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you will Walk get it. Put the that office. out there. Yeah. You'll be like, knock on a window. Raises are not something that are negotiated. This is not a negotiation. Yeah. This is this it's is not, what we're yeah. doing and we're giving you because we re- we want to recognize you. So it's not something where we're it's a give and take of asking. You gotta say, No, I want this, I want that. Not quite. It's not to say you cannot if you're able to make a business justification by saying Based on this information, based on these numbers, based on what I've done, all these things, I truly believe that this should be better aligned to X. You can, you can, but that's, uh-huh. that's you fighting their argument after the fact and seldom times do people win that argument, but uh, you want to get ahead of it. You want to get ahead of it. Yeah. Or you could just stop playing the OJs. Money, money, money. All, all, all throughout the office. Every morning. See what happens. Um, yeah. See what happens. <laughs> see what happens. Oh, no, nah, don't sure, listen. Sure don't like listen to me. Days, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, you know, diversity is is a big thing. It's a big um. It's a big word in 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 a lot of these companies now. Diversity. Um. And I say that. Um. You know. Um. Oh. But there there's there's so much diversity is very layered. Um. In the workplace, there's so many different facets to diversity in the workplace. Um, it's it's crazy. Um, so, like navigating these 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 types of conversations, um, because sometimes there's a you know hiring goals of diversity now, and mm-hmm. you know diverse candidates. That's one part of diversity. But then I think something I also lost too. It, it, it's a big push for hiring that diverse candidates. Mm-hmm. 
But when it comes to the actual workplace, um, mm. recognizing certain things, certain um, like like shootings that might have have, have happened, um, you know, yeah. some companies recognize Juneteenth, some of them don't. Um, when it comes to just having being sensitive towards things that yeah. happen, you know, to minorities on a daily basis, right? Like, you know, I remember a, a, a friend of mine was telling me, "Hey." You know, nobody recognized the shooting in Buffalo. Nobody said no, nobody said a word about it. But then next week, but when they had the school shooting, they they sent out memos and things oh, wow. and okay. And and with the Russia stuff and you know and all of those things and the Ukraine, there was memos yeah. sent out. But when it came to the shooting in Buffalo, no nobody blinked an eye. Yeah, See, and that's diversity too. But it's, I mean, but it's there's not such a push to hire diverse candidates. But there's a push to hire. But it's like, what happens in the workplace? How do we navigate so, these conversations? I'll tell you this. Um, I started my career 15 years ago in HR diversity. Right. This is where I started in HR. So it's it's okay, very no. interesting for me that um, recognizing where we are and not far <laughs> from where I was and where I started in diversity. This was the HSBC. Um, it wasn't popular. It wasn't well thought about. It wasn't something that you found a diversity office in many companies, right? It was new refreshed, but we were very intentional, very focused, very driven, and uh, we were good. I think I had a budget to play with of over a million dollars for my employee network groups at the time. And um, we, we, we were really moving the needle on some of the things for the company and truly recognized ourselves as a diverse culture and would say we're the best place to work, and I truly felt it. Mm -hmm. um, and so here we are, 15 years removed from that, and now I'm a diversity, equity, inclusion lead for the HR function, right? One of the bigger drivers of diversity. And so it's interesting. Um, you spoke about well, Buffalo, right? So Buffalo mm -hmm. intent meant that I was in Florida. I had to fly to New York, fly to Buffalo the next morning for the very reason in that um, we had very strong reactions to buffalo the company and i was i was i remember so I, I will share this personal piece um i wasn't immediately aware of what happened in buffalo because i had some other things happening like i wasn't watching the news and monday i i came to understand and i have a population in buffalo of about close to two thousand people in, wow. in my organization and um wow. i was on a call immediately all the calls are happening all the things right and here I am DNI lead, and I'm also I was also at the time before I got into this new role uh, on the DNI council for the New York space. And um, I'm on this call with some leaders, and they're talking about this, you know, unfortunate event, and you know, um, in Buffalo, and they're very location centric. And I got this visceral reaction instead. I had to go off camera because I was emotional, emotional upset. I said, "You can't forget us." how often a black person's minimizing their own tragedies, mm -hmm. right? You don't see us in the tragedy. Someone is hunting black people. It so happened that it was in Buffalo, right? And so, yes, it's important yeah. to recognize where it happened. But the fact is, black people are being hunted. And for any black person, you can feel that. That this person could be in communication with a person anywhere near you. And you're being hunted. And so after offering that, that quickly changed the narrative 
to to the email that we got and very much so called out the hate crime and people of color and not just people of color but black people like it was very intentional in that way and then i went to buffalo and i was there and our ceo found it very important for her to show up and came and then we just got a new ceo female ceo and it was very touching there's some town halls it was very good my i think my organization reacted or responded rather well in denouncing it and not just saying a hate crime but really calling out mm-hmm. black people and being hunted and the the issues surrounding that in the world that we live in today that can have such such things happen um and acknowledge we were slow to respond meaning our ceo probably sent the memo out the tuesday and this happened sunday and people were looking for a more immediate reaction and she she was in tears and said this is her first you know she just got into the role a few a month or a few months ago this is the first time and she she apologized like i i failed right i didn't react quickly enough not that i didn't react and even the work we're doing in buffalo now so for my organization i was very proud to see the acknowledgement the response, the education, and they made very clear, we're not leaving here when these cameras leave, right? Mm. We're here. We're right now working with the city government, which is not fun. I won't get into that. In trying mm. to provide, to, to help lasting change and infusing that community and all the different things. Um, diversity is so much. Diversity is not just ethnic diversity. It's not just gender diversity. You're, there's diverse populations of persons who are taking care of elderly parents. The diversity we truly give attention to in the workplace and recognize that that of the ethnic and gender diversity. That's that's true. We have a ways to go about that. So in my role, um, I'm, I'm tasked with creating right now a network for Black leaders, right? Huge undertaking. I'm speaking to a former colleague at J.P. Morgan where I was doing some of this work just this evening. And we're talking about diversity and performative diversity. You know, the part yeah. where you just do the thing, it looks good, feels good. Talking about, I'm, I'm tasked with also building what I've decided a lifeline for that, right? The employee life cycle and how diversity impacts it or how it doesn't and why we should infuse that. A lot of that is going to be the recruiting effort, right? To say, are we hiring diverse talent? Are we looking for diverse talent? Where are we looking for diverse talent? Do we have a diverse slate? Is that defined what that means? Um, And also, do we have diverse group of interviewers when we interview? There's a lot of that. But what I learned when I was at JP, you could bring all of that in, but if you don't create a sense of belonging, you're not keeping them, right? So Brenda Myers, who speaks to that famous quote that diversity is inviting a person to the party and inclusion is inviting them to dance, to dance, well, if I'm on the dance floor and I'm not made to feel comfortable doing whatever dance I do and I feel embarrassed when I do my dance, I'm going to leave. So how do we make it so that diverse candidates feel just as part as everyone else? How do we make it when we do take diversity to a point where we segregate it so much so that what is supposed to be inclusion is actually exclusion? You do mm. something specifically for a group and so in a sense, you're excluding me from the general population. I just want to be like everyone else. I just want you to treat me like everyone else. So then you have mm-hmm. to think about equity, right? And saying, I need to infuse more into you to get you here. And that's part of the work. It's really understanding the separations between diversity 
equity, inclusion, and belonging. It's bigger than the one picture. Mm -hmm. And that, that's my work, right, um, that, I'm, that I'm doing now. So when I get away from the performative diversity, just getting numbers in and, and all those different pieces and say, how do we create a culture where every mm. single person who's here feels very comfortable being just whoever they are? How do we do that? And it takes leadership because as, as a diversity lead, I'm not there with you day to day. So how do I hold leaders account? So some of the radical things I've spoken to um, and looked to infuse in my organization is creating a center of excellence in employee relations to attest to notes of bias and those challenges that there's so the microaggressions that you can't really see. So you have to have a sensitivity to understand what that is. And ER generally doesn't. So I need a subset of persons who can truly understand that and really call it mm. what it is. And then to mm. hold these persons accountable for it. It can't just be like, huh, do our coaching. No, this is, this is a clear challenge. This is a warning. And if you don't correct mm. this action, this is the result. It's not just going through the trainings that we have and say, oh, just let them go through unconscious bias. I had a leader where they were on the phone with an employee and said, what, is, what are you doing? Are you cook, making fried chicken? What? Yeah, these, these things happen. Yeah. These things absolutely no, happen do. and I get to see so much mm -hmm. of it. And so, you know, diversity in the workplace is really um, addressing the micro and macro aggressions that mm -hmm. happen because mm -hmm. persons who are biased or just blatantly racist exist in the workforce and we'd be foolish to think they do not. Um, right. The systematic issues where persons, there's a thing I was just talking to, speaking to um, our head of diversity about and uh, not being a part of that team. And it's this um, idea of deficit versus potential. Mm. Sit in meetings all the time sitting promotion meetings, all of these different pieces. And so often you find that where we're discussing a candidate or a person of color, there is some level of deficit, i.e., you know, there's something we need to work on. If we just develop them, and I was talking to a CEO, one of my CEOs in one of my groups who said, yeah, I want to bring people on. Just really, you know, want to do the right things, right? And said, so mm -hmm. we have to get them development programs. And I literally said, well, who said they need developing? Mm -hmm. Why is the general assumption that persons of color need something developed, built, grown, etc., for them to move to the next level? Whereas, whereas persons who are white, it's generally they have good potential. Put them into the role, and we'll see them perform. So there's this idea of white employees and their potential that they have to do great things, and the black employees they have the potential, but they have a deficit, so we need to fix it first. Mm. There's wow. a general assumption of bias that's not often spoken. I see it so much, and I don't know. I can't imagine I'm the first person to speak about it or coin it, but I don't hear it enough. But it's so prevalent in my in conversations that I have, unknowingly. Wow. Like that CEO, who tr tr truly didn't mean anything, did, didn't didn't have ill intention, but just naturally right. loved the idea that he said, "Give me five you know, five persons of color, I could, you know, let's develop them. And I said, but who says they need to be developed? Why do you assume that they're not ready to already and just not being recognized? Uh, um, so, so diversity is so much, and there's so much work to do in that space. And so until we start being real, right? And uh, until we start calling a thing a thing and truly holding ourselves accountable organizations. And that's why I said, in putting me in the seat, I said, 
I'm not here for the shiny, hey, let's just show we're doing something. I'm I'm actually here for a real change. So that's not what mm-hmm. you're looking for. You probably should take me out of the seat um, until we're right. doing that. And I'm not interested in the performative pieces of just like, well, let's put this on and let's show that we have diversity and let's create this network. And it's ooh, wonderful. Until we stop that and actually recognize our failings and hold those to account who are participating actively in those failings, we're not going to progress. We're just not. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's, it's with intention um, that I have to move forward in, in driving that in the organization. And I have to say those things, those bold things, like I said to the CEO. And I'm always like, this may be the thing that gets me fired, which I know it won't, but because <laughs> I am definitely in protected classes. But um, I'm going to call a thing a thing. I'm going to say the things that are unpopular. Um, and it has to be that. It has to be some of us who are saying it. And sometimes it feels hard because sometimes you're the only person saying it and saying it all the time. And you're mindful of how you're, you're received or thought of. Well, I, I am not. I am clear on who I am, what I deliver, mm-hmm. and what I, mm-hmm. what, I, what I stand for. And so if you want to recognize me as the person who's always talking about the diversity piece, wonderful. Um, but we, we definitely have work to do to call a thing a thing, acknowledge the pieces and really hold people to account because this is where you may have persons of color in particular conversations and wonder how are these companies putting out some of these things? Why, why is Walmart putting out Juneteenth ice cream, whatever they did recently that was you know appalling to an end? And I guarantee you they, they definitely have persons of color in some conversation and they did not speak up. Sometimes right. it's that. And as much as we say it, a lot of the times I've sat in conversations where people are tired or people are afraid. Mm-hmm. And what you need is people who are bold and who are going to call the thing a thing, even if it means it's not popular. Yeah, you know, you, dude, I don't know if your company recognizes but does your company recognize June, Juneteenth as a holiday that you have off? Or no? I'm not giving the time off. I am taking the time off, I'll tell you that. And you know, I'm taking the time off just for GP, to be quite honest, yeah? Um, it's spoken to, it's recognized it wasn't made an actual holiday, and I'm not sure why. That's something that's come up as a topic, to be quite frank, because mm-hmm. we do have, you know, we do recognize a lot of holidays. I think we have about 12 or 13 holidays in the company, and most companies have less than that. So I'm not sure why this and, wasn't adopted. And in, and in New York, it, it, you know. Yeah. I, I'm not sure so, why it wasn't adopted, but I uh, I certainly was very clear that I am observing Juneteenth on Monday, so I am off. Thank you very much. And it's just funny because I had another friend of mine that, that was like, you know, Terrence, like, she's like, I I don't get the day off, but they send out Juneteenth, e- Juneteenth emails oh, yeah. about, oh, like, we having Quest Love on a, uh, on a, like, a music thing. And then we're doing spoken word over here. So if you want to join in for Juneteenth. Performative diversity. And we're like, but I want to be off. Looks good and sounds good, but it's truly, it's truly not it. To say we recognize the challenge, we recognize what this means for a lot of persons. We want to speak to the cultural significance of what this is. And the fact that this was something that was unknown by so many for so long and the Mm -hmm. understanding of it. And we want to, you know, be a part of that education let people get time to honor what this was that's a big deal and we haven't taken that stuff in my company that's a conversation i literally had with our our head of diversity and, and she was taking it with the ceo um to say 
how, what, what, how do you recognize that and the importance of what that is? Um, and the companies would just say, yeah, you know, we got to talk. I, I was in a conversation today for one of our D, E, and I, E, and G groups and really had a professor in and was speaking just to that, to that, to the lack that, that, that is there in recognizing that and saying, and there are some companies who are giving the time off and it's again, performative. Yeah. It was a popular thing to do last year. It was popular. Mm -hmm. And so you want to, I want to stay away from what's popular and do what's sound and what's, what's right. And I am more huh. concerned about the company fighting the actual biases within the organization, to be, to be honest, than Juneteenth. I could recognize uh -huh. the celebrating Juneteenth on my own. I really want you to not dismiss um, or, or miss the recognition of the biases and the racism that are actively happening within the company when it shows up because a company might not on its own be racist but there are people right i'm in a company of over seventy thousand people of yeah. different walks of life different parts of the the world different backgrounds etc and there's a lot there's bias and there's absolute racism and it doesn't always show its face but when it does i need to know that you are dedicated as a company to stomp it out that's what i need yeah. That's what I need. They mm. do not shelter it or make excuses for it or try to, you know, warm it. Mm -hmm. I need you to make it very clear that you do not stand for it and you will not allow it. That is more important for me than recognizing a holiday, if I'm being honest. And I completely understand that. And so my, my final question for this is, um, if somebody says, you know, Stana, I'm uncomfortable um, I want to speak up about things that you know the micro or macro aggressions that that we that I have that I've seen you know um, at at this job. But I'm I don't know how to navigate those conversations. Um, yeah. Or who do I talk to? I need this again. I need this job. <laughs> um, you, you know, I don't want to face any backlash or you know retaliation. Yeah. Um, even if it's on the low, you know how people do things. So you know, like. How do I navigate those conversations? So that, that's a toughie. And that one is um, it's going to be very particular to the person and this, the situation. I say that in that, one, it, it truly depends on your leader. Like, where is it coming from? Is it your leader? Is it, you know, clients you're working with? Like, where it's coming from? Because the first person you should, that, that should be your, I say leaders are here to um, address bottlenecks and concerns, not to slap your hand and say you're doing wrong, right? So if you have a leader um, who is there to do just what I said, as far as remove bottlenecks and support you, et cetera, that's who you speak to first. That's who you would speak to mm -hmm. first about it. Um, this is where the next step would be HR and HRER, employee relations specifically for persons who in companies who have our employee relations team this is where I would sit, and I think that's where I was sharing with you. I find that there is some level of deficit without having the expertise about how to handle very delicate situations like that in, in um, HR. Um, the additional piece is most companies have a very, zero, very hard zero-tolerance retaliation policy. Mm -hmm. And so they do. the part that people miss at times, hey, Mike, is um, the protections that are in place for that. If you raise your hand and you share, this is what you've experienced and you give that, and it's your manager as an example, and that's mm -hmm. noted and it's, 
it's memorialized in what I call discoverable information, i.e. if we go to a court case, <laughs> it's discoverable, we can't believe it's there. I always say that, memorialize certain things in email because yep. it's discoverable. So if you report this to employee relations, it's discoverable. And mm -hmm. that way, it makes it very challenging if your leader takes any adverse actions against you that they don't have really strong grounds for substantiating. Literally does. Right? So I get, I, I certainly understand people are fearful. Right? And that's what I'm saying yeah. to you. Find out if your company has a zero tolerance retaliation policy. 90% of companies do, especially the big ones. All of them do. Um, and then speak that forward. Again, taking that to employee relations in a place or putting that in the email to a leader, it really shows if you ever have to say wrongful termination due in fact to, to the part that you spoke up, it's documented. And don't, don't be worried about, well, I'm not here anymore. They ha I don't have the email. Everything we have is in a repository. Generally, our emails, they really raise up their year, but they go to repository in most companies for about three to seven years, right? And so... I have legal holds and legal holds means that the persons who have legal actions uh, against the company. And that means we are not allowed to delete any information about this person. And so if you have something like that, where you raise it and said, manager X said these things or did this things, and that's somewhere in an email and you took that to ER, if this person comes after you, if you will, and they did it in the way that what they have is not very concrete, unless you did something crazy egregious, right? Like, you completely bought something wild and it's a strong performance measure that leads to termination. So even if you do something um, and it's not so very strong, it's like, well, why did you terminate and not do a warning? So when you get into that space where you have spoken up about a thing, oftentimes you're even more protected than when you didn't. And so I say to persons, you know, there's an encouragement for me to be bold and speak up just because you should, and I hope that we do, because if, if none of us do, then what happens, right? But um, most companies have a strong um, policy against retaliation. And so once you are noted as a person who raised something, it becomes very challenging for a leader to do something like that. And they'll find ways, they're gonna be wrong. Um, but there's an added air of, if they come with something about a person, um, there's a note there that kind of lets us know that this person potentially had a case or, the thing so unless again it gets to be very meticulous um to really take that forward so i'd say raise it raise it with your leader if that's where you feel comfortable if that makes you uncomfortable raise it to the hr er team and i also say i'll hear from persons i spoke to hr they did nothing and hr is a big umbrella and i'd say things like um sometimes it may not feel like anything because sometimes we're not at liberty to tell you what we did do right i cannot uh, share with you if I have, you know, dinged the person. And we, we did this in one of my companies I worked for where we would um, address it in person's bonuses. We'd have to bring their bonus down by a certain percentage point um, for certain things like that, take them through training. If we would have, so some of the things may not be visible. Some of the things are visible. So there is that as well. But I think it's important to speak up and I hope everybody feels comfortable too. And if you're not sure, Again, you know, speak to a confidant on thinking about how to message that forward. Again, it depends on the situation as to who you might bring it to. But if you're in a bigger company, you generally would have a, a zero tolerance for a retaliation policy. And you might want to get in touch with that. I know in certain companies I have been asked to speak to, um, you know, our new hire populations and educating them just on that. 
on the fact that, you know, there's a zero tolerance for retaliation. And so if they are experiencing anything, uh, that they should raise it with the um, HR employee relations team, generally speaking. So be be bold. Like I have it right here at my desk. Be bold and expectant. Expect expect the best and be sure. bold. But there is support for you. And New York State um, provides great support. We have human rights. We have EOC. We have a number of different channels if you find that you're rights are being violated so you you could do it internally but if you feel uncomfortable like they're not going to do anything internally there are a lot of external opportunities to do that and um if the external groups that are out there they have different measures as well right the humans rights um their measures are a little different than eoc so what might not meet the threshold for eoc human rights campaign might meet, meet that i mean i sit in these litigations all the time i have some right now um so yeah, there are Got channels it. internally and externally. Dope. And um, I just want you to know it's forty nine thirty three Golden State. Wait, wait, what? Forty nine thirty three Golden State. Yep. I told you it was early. Chef, that's Chef Curry out here trying to get that ring and the MVP. Yeah. Uh huh. I think Thompson just. Well, I'm sorry. I know. Um. But yeah. Well. So, I don't know if you have any I, I think uh, no, I think no. Everybody's pretty good. I I think we'll end it here. I think we're at the hour forty five, hour and fifteen minute mark. Um, as usual. Um, but I do know people got a lot out of this conversation. Um, I know some people probably took notes. We we covered a lot, you know, from resumes to interviews to LinkedIn, um, salary negotiations, positioning yourself for promotion, building brand new bias and racism in the workplace. We covered a lot of different things um, and we put it together, you know, um, in less than two hours. So, which is pretty good for us, uh, um, you know, and um, please, what I'll say is please DM Stana. If, if you need career coaching, nothing else. If you need career coaching, right, please, you know, book her, um, you know, she, you obviously can see like she knows a lot. She has a a wealth of knowledge and can definitely get you to the next level. She's been doing this for over 15 years um, and counting, and it is absolutely the best at what she does. Um, so thank you for, of course, always sharing um, your knowledge. You know, I know, yes, and her services do cost. What she did here was free, <laughs> but her services do cost. You know what I mean? So um, invest in your people and invest in her, invest in the black woman, Invest in her business, you know, because it's like I said, she she is one of the absolute best, if not the best, um, at this and at what she does. I appreciate you, Queen. Thank you so much for coming on the yeah. show as usual. I'm sure in the fall or winter, I'll well, I'll, call, I'll call upon you for something else. <laughs> um, but until then, um, you know, we'll talk offline and things like that. But I really do appreciate you for taking the time. Really do. No, I thank you so much. Again, I say this to you all the time. You creating this platform, having these conversations, really pouring back into the community, giving the gift of your time. Like I'm doing this here for just today. You do this all the time, providing valuable information on so many different topics, such a diverse <laughs> array of topics um, all the time and yep. really just infusing into into our persons. And you too, in, in the HR world, are able to provide career um, direction and coaching 
um, for persons. So certainly persons I know uh, already probably know they could reach out to you for that as well. But um, I just really want to thank you for continuing to champion this in, in giving back. Because I often sit with the, I just so much I want to give back that I've just learned and continue to learn and um, you know, I haven't created a platform for it and, and I don't know that I'm looking to create a platform for it, but I want to be able to find ways to continue to to do that, to share with people and to give give more. Um and even providing pro bono opportunities. I do do that too. Um of course I'm not I'm not I, I, I do well enough for myself and I'm not necessarily looking for a paycheck and more as much as I'm looking to really help our people um yeah. move forward. So, you know, certainly want opportunities to to do that and working with my nonprofit and we're really working to build a affordable home ownership organization right now and so much on the horizon. So I really hope people keep plugging into you and getting such knowledge on on so many different things. And thank you again Mm -hmm. for having me and and doing this. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm hopefully, you know, we can take this on a, um, a more in-person venture at some point. Um, You know, um, I I think that, you know, we can get this out, you know, have these type of conversations in person in in a a different way. You know, I'm not going to say what that way is, but I think I would like to have these conversations at some point start to be um, in person and maybe in front of a group of of people who can actually learn um, because not everybody is going to be tuned in to, to, you know, virtually some people want to be in a, a room. Yeah, they want to get in a room with Stana. They want to hear that. They want to be <laughs> able to just see that. But I, I do think that there are persons who, you know, what when you're in that conversation, you're on a panel and you're in person, the opportunity to ask questions live and as they come, it's a little different than, you know, they're here. They can type a question, but it's like I just want to say it. I don't really want to do that. Um, so providing that opportunity, and I do sit in different panels and and you know take convers- you know take questions and things oh, such as, but. Um, I think I think I can't wait for you to to have that opportunity. I would be one happy to be there with with a couple of the folks and really being able to share in real time, real information, mm-hmm. speak specifically to persons and what they're interested in, looking for information about. And I just I couldn't stop, but I want to just you know my merch, my T-shirt merch. I just have to, <laughs> have to do that one time um, there for everybody. Appreciate but um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to continuing to see the the growth here um and i i know this sky's not the limit what did michael say he said but he says the ceiling is just a roof right yeah people miss like that, it yeah. he said it yeah. so it makes sense. <laughs> the ceiling is just a roof that's what he meant yep. it's not really anything mm-hmm. stopping you from going beyond it so um i see yep. so much of that for you and i'm just excited to be able to be a part and to see your journey forward so Major part, you, big part. And thank you. I literally pulled back from the game. It's fifty four thirty seven. It doesn't look like much of a competition right now, but it's thirty six seconds left. And what is the the second quarter? And here we are. So um, we can catch the second half. All right. So let's let's go ahead you know, and catch second the second half, half for this. Catch that. So <laughs> thank you for everyone right. who joined in. And football season will be here. Football season be here, so we got 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 link up and watch some games or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, but, yeah, yeah. We'll link up though, yeah, but you know. for sure. But yeah. before football season, but yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, all right, man. Yeah. Appreciate you always. All right. Thank you. you. Take care. Peace. Bye. Peace. Later.
appreciate y'all for tuning in. Um, got some more shows coming up for you in, in next week and then the week after. Um, stay tuned for more conversations of the heart. Appreciate y'all for all y'all for tuning in, for all y'all support. Um, just like I said, connect with her. She's she's an amazing career coach. And uh, yeah, it's your boy T. Till. Listen, you owe yourself everything. God and therapy. Do both. Appreciate y'all. Peace.